0: Welcome to Consumed, the podcast that stokes conversations with eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers. I'm Jamie Lewis, and this 18th season, I speak with folks across California, from Santa Barbara to the Bay Area, covering subjects as varied as lab-grown meat and artificial intelligence, food writing and pizza, hot vegan takeout, Santa Rita Hills Pinot Noir, carbon steel skillets, closing the loop on food systems, happy meals, charcuterie, agritourism, and much more. I hope you get to hear all of it. Thanks for listening. Before we jump in, I want to share a few words about our sponsors. Casa Dumetz is a boutique winery in Los Alamos celebrating its 12th year in this historic one-horse town. Their attention and motivation is captured by creating aromatic fresh wines that defy expectation. With three brands, Casa Dumetz, Clementine Carter, and The Feminist Party, Their goal is to highlight the beauty and bounty of Santa Barbara wine country. They have a particular sweet spot for Rhone variety wines sourced from Cool Climate Vineyard Partners in the Santa Rita Hills. Join them for their popular weekly speaker series, monthly wine club vineyard tours, Malibu sessions, and a unique tasting experience where you choose your own wine adventure. Join the discovery with Casa Metz and their sister business, Babby's Beer Emporium, next door to explore quirky craft beers and bubbles while enjoying dumplings and spicy wings from Dim Sama. 2023 marks their 19th vintage, and they want to celebrate with you. Visit casadumets.com for more information. Consumed is sponsored by Mid-State Containers, Cargo Storage Containers, and Refrigerated Shipping Containers for sale and rent in California. You may not understand how MidState containers could change your life, but the truth is, many, many guests on the Consumed podcast use MidState for their projects. Containers can serve as wine storage units for case goods for private collections and even tasting rooms. They can be refrigerated storage containers for breweries, kegs, and fruit during harvest for wineries. Midstate containers outfits coolers and freezers for ranchers, farmers market growers, orchards, and butchers. Containers can make great pop-up coffee bars and berry containers for root sellers. My guest from season ten, Krista Flieger, from Lonely Palm Ranch, uses her midstate container for an office on her property. Other ideas include schoolrooms, music and photography studios, and there are other things that can be grown, stored, and processed in a midstate container, so use your imagination and get on their website to request a quote, MidStateContainers.com. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining local, organic, and non-GMO standards. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. With a mission to empower health and well-being in the community, they offer local produce, meats, low-to-no-waste foods, and wellness items. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop and visit Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. Okay, on to the episode. Alexandra Wallace is a photographer who captures weddings, portraits, and editorial photos for a living. If you've ever been to the Consumed website at letsgetconsumed.com, You'll see the generous shots she's taken of me, too. She's also a born creative, having helmed Coyote and Oak magazine and associate producing the podcast Your Own Backyard about the disappearance of Kristen Smart. Her partner, Chris Lambert, is the producer of that show, and he was on the Consume podcast several months ago, too. But when Allie isn't shooting photos, making magazines, or other kinds of media, she is a pop culture junkie who's willing to drive out of state to visit the last blockbuster video on Earth, or research theme park disasters on Wikipedia. For this episode of Consumed, she surprised me with a happy meal to eat on the mic, just to see how I'd feel about it, as she mistakenly believes I have a highly refined palate. We'll talk about grief, Disneyland, cake, and much more. Enjoy this wide-ranging talk I had with my friend, Alexandra Wallace. I haven't had a soda since probably before my kids were born, I think. Wow. I like regret not bringing one now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would drink it. I would drink it. I just...
1: (laughs) What an opportunity (laughs) loss.
0: I think we have some up in the cabinet. Why? Uh... For, like, soccer games and stuff when we have to bring snack. But it sits
1: warm All at right. the top. Yeah. The, do you want a soda? I, like, I want to watch you <laughs> sip a soda, so I will also. Yeah. All
0: right. And I'll get some ice.
1: Is it a real soda?
0: Well, you'll laugh when you see it. Yes, it's very real. Oh, Dr. Pepper.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely a Dr. Pepper. Well, these are real.
0: Um, what's the last time you had a soda?
1: A few days ago. We, um... Oh, you saw it. We have a full vending machine in our oh, backyard. Yes. Right. Which is really just like a. We don't actively drink out of it. Mm-hmm. It's like a. But it's a party trick. Exactly. Okay. Right. It's other people will come. Yeah. Oh, well, and it's German. So. Oh my gosh. Jake actually has
0: a real problem with Dr. Pepper. He. Apparently, there are like DP people. Have oh. you heard of
1: that? No.
0: DP people are people who like Dr. Pepper is the only thing they'll drink and they're weird about it. Like really weird. Um, And he is one of them. He had to, he had to commit to not drinking it anymore. And it's been, he hasn't been super firm in that commitment. He has gone back and had some, Oh my gosh, the smell even it's like, (laughs) what is that? I know it's made with prunes or at least it was at one time, but what is this stuff?
1: Have you ever had it warm? No, nope, we could have. They used to oh. advertise to warm it up during Christmas time with a slice of lemon. Oh my gosh, like mold
0: wine or something. It's actually
1: pretty good. Really? Yeah.
0: That's so strange. It. And I'm going to look at the ingredients are, oh, look at that, high fructose corn syrup. But I think it's all preservatives now. I don't think there's actually any prunes in it. Um, would make sense but yeah so there's there's a tribe of people who maybe they don't even really care about soda in general but dr pepper but dp dp people and it even like i'm looking it says establish 1885 okay all right yep cheers out of a glass because we're classy i mean there's a reason people
1: like it yeah you like it are you letting like the nostalgia wash over you no. right now? Like...
0: Although I will say tasting it, it's junior high for a me.
1: single tear is falling down junior <laughs> <Tony> Lewis's cheek. <laughs> no, I uh
0: I, do, I my kids ask me all the time, so do you like this? So do you like that, you know, because they're into otter pops and um I don't know, what do kids eat? Laffy Taffy, like all these things. Mm-hmm. And I just don't eat those things generally. Mm-hmm. And so They're like, well, why don't you like it? It, Or do you like it? And you just refrain from eating it. They think I'm being like good and not eating it. And I swear to you, after time, like anything, you can gain an acquired taste or you can lose a taste of something. And so like I taste this and I know that it's good. Um, I feel like the Matrix. What does the guy say? I taste the steak. And and I I know that it tastes good, but I just – It's not made of anything real, and I've grown out of enjoying it, I guess. Mm. But I know that it's made to be good. Also, I'm noticing we have almost no bubbles, which could be not a big deal. I mean, yeah.
1: I just like that because of me, now you don't get to say, I haven't had a soda since before my kids were born. (laughs) You get to be like, "Mm," about Mm. 20 days ago. I had half of a miniature Dr. Pepper.
0: Oh my gosh. And it like coats the tongue and, but it tastes so different from anything else. Dr. Pepper is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good weird. Yeah, it is a good weird. I've
1: never heard of like the DP crowd. Yeah. I know Diet Coke people.
0: So I was a Diet Coke person.
1: Were you a morning Diet Coke person even? No, that I, know I don't understand. morning Diet Coke people. So do I. Like I've gone out to breakfast at 7 a.m. and they have a Diet Coke. <sighs> And have you had a Diet Coke recently? I have maybe had a sip of one in my life. I do not. I hate the taste. I of have Any one. of the... <laughs> if I just saw it up there. Here. We should just analyze the taste of the Diet Coke <laughs> because that's
0: also a very specific flavor. That is something that you... Yeah. These, I started drinking these because I got a headache. Uh, I think I was overseas. I got a headache and I saw a Diet Coke um, in a vending machine. I thought, I wonder if that would help me. And then it did.
1: Because there's caffeine
0: in it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I went on a tear for like (laughs) a few years. Wow. And I know somebody who died really young in his late 20s um, of throat cancer. And he swore... Until the day he died, that it was because of his diet coke habit.
1: Well, aspartame is a carcinogen. Right. So. So let's have some. Yeah, let's do it. Are you okay drinking out of the same thing? Yeah, 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 sure.
0: Now that's familiar to me. And it's awful. It's absolutely awful.
1: What do you think of the taste of regular coke?
0: I hate, well, I hate cola. I hate, like, I don't, well, I don't hate it. I just have no, it doesn't do anything for me. But this.
1: This specifically?
0: Yes. Diet Coke. I don't think I could get into a Diet Pepsi or, no, it's, that's nostalgic to me. Okay. Huh. I drank it a lot in college and then mm. I drank it as an early, um in my early
1: professional Let's life. water out of here. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> what made you decide to do this? Why are you here? Well, I just, like... I mean, here's the Chris saw you earlier this week. Yes. And it sounds like you were trying to convince him that you don't have a refined palate. Mm-mm. I think you definitely do. I don't, I, I don't it's it's kind of like when the pretty girl is like, mm. I'm not pretty. That's like what hearing you say something like that is. Like <laughs> That's
0: so funny to me. I mean, I think I could probably hang, but I don't eat You've been over to eat we don't eat anything like Crazy fancy, do but we? You're
1: in a linen apron. Uh, and You've got that's got nice scat
0: all over it. Mm-hmm.
1: Come on, um. and and you talk about food all the time. You mm-hmm. have to recognize the variety, and you yeah. probably like I don't know.
0: So on the other side of the coin, I feel like you take pride in not eating well. I don't you kind of do.
1: I think I. Uh, I enjoy the comfort that just regular things are. What's a and regular I think that, thing? Well, I mean, mm, you love Cheetos. I a thing do. like that. Yeah. I think also part of it is that I grew up so removed from many of these things. I mm. didn't have a bowl of Captain Crunch until I was eighteen years old. Oh, I'm so. And sorry. so many things. I am. I am still trying for the first time. So yeah. your
0: parents were very protective with all
1: that? I guess. Or hippies, maybe? A little crunchy? I think that it was... Here's the thing, is that it totally worked. Mm. Because as an adult, and even as a teenager, I taste something that's, like, really sweet, and I just don't I don't want it. It's really? unappealing to me. See, that can be... The bowl of Captain Crunch is you. too much. Yeah, yes. A I soda. More than, know. like... I can drink half a can of soda. I yeah. mean, this this doesn't count. This is a ridiculous size, but <laughs> like a baby aspirin. Right. Yeah. But uh it definitely gave me like unintentional self-control because yeah. it just doesn't appeal to me. Yes. Um so
0: yeah, it worked. That's interesting because we didn't grow up with soda in our house, not really. Maybe every once in a while like a grape soda would float by. Mm-hmm. Um but I have no, I don't have any leaning toward that. And I'm so grateful for that because soda is so, so bad for you. Right. When, when people talk about any kind of obesity epidemic or anything having to do with us weighing like 30% more than the generation before us, or I, I'm, that's not a real number, sure, yeah. but you know the kinds of research. I, it's always soda. Soda is always the number one yeah. Perpetrator. And I'm so grateful I don't have that thing. Right. And not because I'm a snob, just because if you don't have to have it... Right. Cool. Yeah. It's cool not to feel drawn to that. I have my... I have other vices, but that's not one of them. Yeah.
1: yeah. And this... I. I brought over two beautifully glossy Happy I, Meals, and I
0: haven't seen. I, I didn't even know what a
1: Happy Meal looked like anymore. Because when we were kids, see, this is this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Exactly that you're you're like <laughs> I'm, I'm not refined, and you're like I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, that doesn't but, make me
0: refined any more than like a kid in Africa who's never seen one makes them refined. It doesn't.
1: Uh, Am I being
0: unfair? Yeah, probably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Am I digging a deeper <laughs> hole?
1: Okay. But um, I, I enjoy McDonald's lore. Okay. More yeah. than, I mean, the food itself is like, eh.
0: McDonald's is, it has lore. It's crazy. McDonald's and Disney and there's another company. I mean, they're kind of all in the same crazy level of influence. Yeah. And I think they're maybe they're not actually related but i thought that they were sort of related well oh let's say marvel or star
1: wars mm, yeah star
0: wars disney mcdonald's
1: i mean there's a lot of crossover as far as like marketing goes yes. and like back when disneyland rides used to have like a sponsor
0: they had a sponsor
1: yeah if you went to like you know space mountain sponsored by mcdonald's
0: wow i didn't know that
1: it was even um They've removed a lot of it, but there are some that you can see, like the remnants of things like that, or different things that are sponsored by- Pacific Gas and Energy. Something like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's that kind of tie-in. You're a Disney person, aren't you? Are you a Disney adult? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Oh, we were going to say absolutely. You're Um, not? No, I'm just, uh, I'm a, I love pop culture. Yeah. And I love- not just Disney specifically, amusement park. Yeah, trivia.
0: Oh, that's very valuable.
1: Amusement park disasters are oh. probably my favorite thing to read about in oh my, my like just random spare time. If I want to waste some time, I'm gonna read about incidents at Universal Studios. Oh
0: my god! Jake, incidents was, at Jake and Lulu were there last weekend. Oh, I can't wait.
1: <laughs> Can, should we eat these while we discuss? Is it disgusting to be like eating on mic? No, I don't think like, so. <laughs> smushing a nugget <laughs> oh
0: and it's promoting the marvels Marvel. oh how funny that I said marvel and here oh, it is
1: see it was they, oh, they got you already
0: where's my phone I want to take pictures of look how cute they are including apple slices
1: right they're trying
0: they, well maybe they're mandated to do it I don't know <laughs> but look I'll tell you something um, McDonald's fries I know I know that they're the best, although
1: is that your top fry a McDonald's fry? I think, mm-hmm. I think so.
0: Although, do you ever listen to um, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast Revision History? No, Revisionist I've History. heard many things. But. It's wonderful, but he does a, a story on McDonald's fries, and it will sour you against the McDonald's Corporation.
1: Is that the thing about making them in lard? Yes, it is. Okay, actually, I heard that specific episode only. Chris mm-hmm. played it for me, uh-huh. and it's it made very us good. painfully longing for that Fries. fry.
0: Yes, yeah. So basically, they took the taste and smell. I think is key, right? Of the McDonald's fry, and they they turned it into basically a perfume, like an essence right. of French fry. And that's what makes it smell and taste the way it does now. Yeah. Not So it's this meta, like, right. Seaside Florida situation, or, or Las Vegas situation, where am I looking at the Eiffel Tower, or am I looking at a copy of it? I don't know. Makes me feel the same. That right. kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Is it Beef Tallow that oh, they're originally? Remember. It's something, because what I love is that he finds mm-hmm. some kind of lab that will recreate mm-hmm, this thing that he remembers. Yes. And commissions them to do it, and then they have the taste test between that yeah. beautiful fry and the sad McDonald's. The sad McDonald's. of present day.
0: This fry. is not my number one fry.
1: My number one
0: fry, like, are we? If we're talking about like goofy fast food fries, okay. I people are very torn on In and Out. They are. And it's a I've, divisive fry, and I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Yeah. But why is it so different? Is it because it has the skin?
1: It has pieces of skin on it. I think it's the crispiness factor.
0: Because they're not very
1: crispy. Right. You can order them well done. Yep, we do that. But I think that's what people have a gripe with.
0: Yes, I think you're right. But there is a flavor that is different than other fries. I think it tastes like a potato. Maybe that's what people are offended by.
1: I don't know. I think that you have to just go into it for what it is. When Mm -hmm. I go to In-N-Out, I know I'm getting an In-N-Out fry. That's just the give and take of that experience. I mean, do you have a favorite sophisticated fry?
0: Yeah. Um, The fries at Beta's Beer Garden are my absolute favorite. Have you ever eaten there? I have not. It's really good. Um, Out on Broad, on the way to the airport, he takes, he gets good potatoes. I can't remember the name of the potato, but there's a good potato and they they slice them and then they toss them in cornstarch and then fry them and i think they do a second toss in cornstarch oh. and fry them again okay so they have a very crispy exterior and they're kind of fat not like steak fry fat but and they're extremely good okay also like the sweet potato fries at big sky i'm still okay into that you know i'm not complaining as i eat my cute
1: little yeah no the McDonald's little baby fry. sized yep Child-sized fry. So give me some
0: Universal Studios (laughs) trivia.
1: Well, I mean... (laughs) Some of it's just so dark. And I think that's why it's so fascinating is because the juxtaposition of... The thing about Disneyland is that they are so concerned with the optics of the park... Very. ...that if something happens to you, their number one priority is that nobody's watching. Get you out of the the system, Right. right? they will... Do that sneaky little blockade thing that they do where it's like just everyone move away. Uh huh. And they've actually had lawsuits because of their delay in having paramedics get Care. to someone mm-hmm. because it will look so terrible. Oh my. And so they'll like move everyone away, get you away from the situation, and then let people on board. There
0: is a bigger allegory here with that. <laughs> but anyway, yes, tell me some good ones. Zingers. I mean,
1: it's a lot of. I'll say there's quite a few incidents, and this goes for any park, where it's absolutely the person who ends up getting hurt or killed's fault, where it's, yeah. like, removing the seatbelt. Yeah. There was a guy who, on Splash Mountain, really wanted to find a bathroom and got out of the <laughs> little sorry. log boat In and, the- like, hopped into, like, where all the little animals are singing and everything, uh-huh. like, searching for an exit out of there. His friends are watching, like, um, come back. Oh, and what um, happened to him um got like stuck in the <laughs> I'm sorry. the what? This it's not <laughs> nice
0: it's not nice <laughs>
1: i mean it's it's kind of a schadenfreude for some of these it's a little like, bit like you, you had thinking? to pee you had to pee so bad um i mean there's another one there's a truly awful one where um there's this building i think I'm trying to think of what it is now. It's in Tomorrowland and mm. it used to be this ride called America Sings. Yes, it, I've heard of it. Okay. Um, not there anymore. But yeah. I think then it became the Carousel of Progress, maybe? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think. These high level, <laughs> like. <laughs> um, but basically, it's um, a round building and there's a part of it that rotates on yeah. the outside. Uh-huh. And someone got caught between the two walls. Oh, it's gruesome. And smushed. Yeah.
0: Um, It's so sad.
1: It's awful.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember there was a famous one at Magic Mountain Mm. on the Colossus, I believe. Oh. Do you know which one I'm talking about? It was a a very overweight person. Oh. Who couldn't fit, but they let him or her go anyway. Right. And my mom and dad talk about the fact that they were there like a week before that happened and it could have been them because it was really bad.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been to a Six Flags. Oh, my. That...
0: Magic Mountain is my favorite.
1: Is it really? Love, yeah, for sheer
0: value. Okay. Like, I don't go I don't go to McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go to Disneyland to ride the rides. I go to feel the feels. Like yeah, that's sure. why you go. But you go to Magic Mountain, not for like Yosemite Sam or whatever mm-hmm. characters they've right. you go to get on the rides because they scare the living crap out of you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we've been waiting to take the kids because they've been too young, and I think it's finally time.
1: Okay. Yeah. I get um, incredibly motion sick. So do I, actually. I, I, I didn't used to. Yeah. But I still like
0: the idea of
1: going. Yeah, for sure. A theme park atmosphere is. Mm. It's unlike anything else. hmm hmm um, Are you a
0: maximizer when you go?
1: You mean like try to do the most? Yeah not so much anymore. Yeah. Um. One of my very best friends, she is, she has it down to a science when you go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call her a Disney adult, mm-hmm. but she's very... Uh, but she optimizes op- her experience. Absolutely. And I went with her, mm, I don't know, six years ago now. Mm. Uh, she also gets up at an ungodly hour every morning. Anytime we go somewhere together, we're up like, 6 a.m. is her sleeping in. Oh. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. No. So we're at Disneyland right when it opens. First thing we do is Space Mountain.
0: Yeah. Yes. Vomit. Um. <laughs> Did you literally vomit?
1: Um, I got pretty close. I didn't have much in my stomach. Yeah. Um, Space Mountain is a lot for me.
0: It w- so I went on it uh, right when Disneyland opened after COVID. And I had been on it maybe like four or five years prior, and I was okay. And I remember loving it. But this time I went on it, it felt like I was being jerked around yeah. and I seriously, I got off very rattled yeah, and vomitous.
1: That's how I, the first time I went on it was high school grad night. Thought, yeah. waited in line for three hours, which part of me psychologically thinks maybe that's why I had such a blast on it is yeah. because it was like the payoff of waiting for so long. Yes. Thought it was great. And then the next time I went on it, I was like this, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. Um. So who knows? But um. yeah, it's just like tr- she'll try to maximize the day and successfully does so. Where yeah. like by noon, you're like, wow, we did so much. Yeah, that's amazing. But it's just like, you don't even know what happened to you. Yeah. Um, and so I'd say that, like, the last, like, five or six different theme park experiences I've had, I just kind of, like, let it happen as it is. Yeah. Like, whoever you're with, like, everyone say, like, the number one thing you want to do while we're here. Yeah. And we'll make sure everyone does that number one thing. Yes. And then whatever else happens, Yeah,
0: awesome. that's how we did it the last time.
1: And I think that's way more enjoyable. Yeah. Totally. Well, I don't want to be stuck. It just
0: makes me anxious to think... Like I gotta get to Mr. Toad's. Right. Which P.S. We do have to get to Mr. Toad's. Yes. It's the absolutely. Best. Yeah. Is Mr. Toad drunk? I think he might be drunk.
1: <laughs> okay, so we actually uh, just at the end of May we went and Chris and I were in the ride and he leaned over to me. He's like, "You ever think that this ride is just based on a DUI? I think it is. <laughs> it is. It absolutely. It, yeah. Is. Right. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Toad, you're so bad. <laughs> and then you get sent to hell. And well, that's right. Goodbye. Oh and go smell then some kettle corn. <laughs> <laughs> Pump the kettle corn smell
0: in. It's occurring to me as you say that so if we're like taking the if we're taking the Disney and McDonald's thing further Disneyland is not super accessible in terms of I mean it's really expensive.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean,
0: people prioritize, you know, everybody's got their priorities with their sure. money and certain people, Disney adults, I think, prioritize going there and so they spend the money to go. Right. <clears throat> but McDonald's has, they are so affordable. Mm. And when you're talking about, you know, you were waiting in line for three hours to get it, to get on the ride and how special that made it. I wonder if that's, and if that's at all part of the McDonald's culture, the fact that it's not difficult to get, that it's so accessible. Um, Well, and certainly that's changed its, quality standards, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm going to look at these nuggets. I'm just going to have a look. Are they yeah. going to look like anything in the commercials? Oh, they actually do. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. Well, I guess I lost my point. But I would say the fries don't look...
1: Oh, sure. I mean, this is, this is a look, limp little fry. Look at that. S- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of wilted.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it does make me interested to know... You know, the leverage they have, they make so much food and push so many burgers and so much food that the standard can't, it can't be all that high. You look at the burger patty and from what I remember, it's kind of gray. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the ultimate point I'm trying to make is, but yeah, it does. To me, McDonald's, I suppose, doesn't feel special because it, because it's, there's so much of it. Yeah. Not because it's not expensive. Right. Cuz I love in and out. Yeah. And what is that like a buck 85 for a
1: Right? Yeah. For
0: a regular burger.
1: Very affordable.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to eat a nugget.
1: Yeah? Mhm.
0: Nice and crispy? Yeah. Reconstituted chicken pieces? <laughs> smells like a nug.
1: Yeah? Mhm.
0: Mm, there's nothing else that tastes like this.
1: That's absolutely true. Mhm. It's like they piped
0: chickeny flavor into the meat. Also, though, there's a strong presence of cracked black pepper. Like you can see it. There it is. But it makes it, it it's part of what makes it taste that way.
1: Right. Yeah. What I else? Love this. <laughs> Are you going to eat I guess so, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm so glad I could facilitate this.
0: I'm too, Allie. <laughs> I'm too.
1: Taking uh, a boot-shaped nugget. It is. Yeah. What is,
0: so you say that you grew up with not a lot of like, not conventional foods, but like fun, exciting sure.
1: foods. That'll have corn syrup in my life, yeah. There was a lot of corn syrup? Without, not. Without Why that? is that? Um, I think my parents are just trying to raise a healthy kid. Did you fight against that? I don't think I did. Mm. I think the only real challenge maybe is that um, being around other groups of children mm. that like yeah. a birthday party and then, you know, sure, have a soda with everybody else. Yeah. They didn't make me like that much of a okay. weirdo. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think so. It's just mm. the way it was. You know, you have M&Ms on a special occasion, Yeah, but otherwise you eat like regular things i i'm so sorry i just
0: i wish it was like that still it has been so hard (laughs) especially lately with the kids for summertime i finally said well so a child now at least a child in our let's say income bracket yeah in our community can have sweets all day every day and it and it's very much looked at as like, oh, well, that's just letting them be kids. And mm. I really struggle with that because when I was a kid, there was something called a treat, and what made it a treat was the fact that you didn't get it right. all the time. Sure. So, you know, oh, it's summer, let them have this, that, and the other. This is, you know, I'm hearing this from other parents around me and, and definitely getting pressure when... We are friends with a lot of people, and so their kids will be eating something, and our kids are the only ones where I'm like, let's hold off because you just had a cupcake, and tonight you're having pie. Right. I mean, my kids are not deprived, Mm -hmm. but um, it's hard to It's a social thing. It's a social pressure. Absolutely. Not so much like we are stingy. Um,
1: Do they get upset at you?
0: Oh, yes. So what I was going to say is I finally this summer had to say, hey, this summer, here's the rule. You don't get to ask me for treats. You don't get to ask. Partly because it never gives me the chance to, like, treat you. Mm. If you're having, you know, dip and dots, or not dip and dots, what's the fun dip? If you're having fun (laughs) dip all morning, which happened recently, um... (laughs) And I was thinking I'd take you out for ice cream this afternoon. I'm not going to do it because you've already gotten hopped up. I want to have moments with you like this. Yeah. But if I, you don't allow me to if you're constantly begging me for sugar in particular. Mm. And also, if you're eating Fun Dip, it means that I'm not going to be able to like, treat you to a homemade pie, which is made with things that I know what they are. Right. Real things. Um, and, or, like, really great McConnell's ice cream or, um, you know, re- like, actual foods. Right. Because I'm not just going to let you have it all the time. Anyway, it's, it's an issue <laughs> if you can't tell.
1: Yeah. No? I could see. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I, um, I haven't really thought about that specifically, but I was a vegetarian for... Hmm, 11 years, maybe? How old were you when you jumped on? 13 or 14? Really? What made you decide to do that? Um, it just, you know, always loved animals. Mm -hmm. And I think always had kind of a weird feeling about eating meat. And then Mm -hmm. once I found out it's a thing that Mm -hmm. you don't have to, Mm -hmm. um... My parents were very supportive. And in a time where there was just the Morning Star Burger, right. there is so much now. Yeah. You I remember the Morning everything. Star Burger. Yeah. Um, but there were about, like, three options. Yes. And they really never, ever protested. Yeah. Fully supportive. I um, eventually started working white meats mm-hmm. and, you know, other meats into my diet. but um, Because of won- health? Partially. Um, looking back, I don't think I was a healthy weight, and I probably was not getting everything I needed Aww. from what I was eating. Yeah. Um, because I think that you you cut out that kind of thing, and you really have to compensate with other things. Yeah. And especially when you're, you know, seventeen, you just don't care.
0: No. <laughs> um, so you're eating bean and cheese burritos, right? Constantly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, because it's vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I I have wondered if you're a vegetarian – and I I know that people have gone either way on this. Mm -hmm. When you have a kid, do you also just institute that Mm -hmm. and you say you're also a vegetarian? Mm -hmm. And then are you setting them up for this mindset of are they going to resent you Mm -hmm. once they realize a chicken nugget exists? Like, why don't I have this? Or do you let them figure it out themselves and you, you know –
0: Yeah, I know of two families that are vegetarian, and I have never asked them explicitly if they decided that for their kids, but nobody in the family eats meat. Yeah. And I would get, I mean, think about it. A child can't really ask a parent, prepare me, because of the nature of the hierarchy of a family. A child can't be like, hey, vegetarian mom, make me a, you know, carne asada burrito. Right. Because... A, mom may not know how to make that. Sure. Um, and B, she may not want it in her house. Yeah. I have friends who, um, one of my friends was pregnant. She had been a vegetarian for a really long time. And when she was pregnant, she needed beef. She, it. she couldn't stop. She wanted it so bad. So that was kind of cute. Um, but I have another friend who is not vegetarian, but was married to a vegetarian for a long time. And because she was the primary cook in the home, she didn't really know how to make right chicken or anything. Now they eat meat, but it's still kind of a mystery a little bit. Sure. And to, to be, to mirror what you're saying, I think that eating meat is weird. Yeah. There's something very odd. I mean, we've evolved to a place where we don't actually need to eat meat. Right. And it it makes me sad. I mean, I look, I just ate two nuggets. Like, I eat meat. Yeah. But it makes me kind of sad. And I, I've never shamed or pushed my kids. They're vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I've never told them that they should eat any differently. Yeah. If they said I don't eat fruit, I'd be like, well, too bad. <laughs> too bad. But... fruit doesn't have feelings
1: right yeah
0: what made you decide to go back oh just your weight like a discomfort also
1: I mean there's the one thing that the whole time I was vegetarian that I every time I smelled fried chicken yeah
0: gateway meat I know fried chicken what's the last fried chicken you had
1: hmm I don't know off the top of my head Mm. I actually, it might have been. Uh, my mom and I went to see Shania Twain at the Hollywood Bowl <laughs> in May. Yeah, and we we shared fried chicken together. That's awesome at the, at the bowl. At the oh, because you got a table or something. Um, we sat on a curb. Yeah, at the bowl because it. Man, that place is hopping. Yes, um, I love that. But venue. they have very nice food available. Yeah, and so we wait in line and sat on the curb together and ate yeah. fried chicken.
0: That we should go up to Paso. Um, There is a place called Dub's Soul Food that is, look at oatmeal. Come here. She always makes a little visit. Um, Dub's Soul Food where uh, it's like, you know, they do collard greens and sweet potato, all of the things. But one of their things is fried chicken, and it just got named in Yelp's top Twenty fried chickens in the U S oh and they're a pretty new restaurant I think maybe a year or something old and I I had no idea so now I gotta go I know I know yeah wow and it's a sister business I hope I'm not saying anything that's not true but what I understand is it's a sister business to a dispensary which is like I think, a perfect pairing, honestly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, well, how do you eat now? Oh, all over the place right now. Chris says you're a good cook. That's very nice of him. Yeah, and you always talk
0: about how you're not into food, but then I go to your house, well, I see bon appetit. I'm,
1: I'm into food. I'm yeah. just, I'm not Jamie Lewis about food. Thought I that. just, I love, I love eating. hmm I love you know I love all the things mm-hmm. for the most part. I hate olives um, oh, really? and whipped cream. Those are two no's. But
0: you do mayonnaise. Yes. It's not like a white creamy thing. It's a it's
1: specifically whipped cream. Why? Of I, all my the entire things? life I have disliked whipped cream, wow. and I I go back every once in a while mm-hmm. just to see if anything's changed. Mm-hmm. Heated mushrooms as a kid. Love mushrooms now. Oh, so you do change. So there's you know. Mm-hmm. But mm, yep. No. I don't think it's going to happen. We'll see. Olives,
0: I can understand. They have a very specific taste. But whipped cream is like the most innocuous food ever. (laughs) So you're weird on that.
1: It's the taste and the texture for me. Mm. Yeah. It's just kind of all of the things. Um, Do you like pudding? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't had that much pudding in my life. I
0: just brought that up with the kids that I love pudding. I love like Boston cream pie. I love banana cream pie. Um, love those kinds of things where there's basically a pudding in a crust. Yeah. It's kind of an old school dessert and I don't have nearly enough of it. Maybe there's
1: going to be a pudding renaissance. I would love that. You know there's a
0: cottage cheese re- renaissance. Is right there now. really? Yeah, which is nasty. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but a pudding renaissance, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I um I don't know. I I do love food, but I guess it's just I don't want to say I'm not thinking about it often because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. about it all the time, and I, I really, I have tried to weasel my way onto this podcast <laughs> for, for, I mean, years now. Um, <laughs> with no reason. Don't- <laughs> well, I just wanted to be a part of it. I guess it's just like FOMO. Oh. Um, but first, first attempt was, uh, sending you a five-part cooking series. Yes. that we. Produced, multi-camera, professional (laughs) audio engineer. Explain the premise. Um, Well, the the premise of the show is our friend Caleb Wiseblood. You can find him at the New Times office downtown.
0: Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And he is challenged to cook a dish that we tell him. Mm -hmm. But he is given no instructions, no recipe. Mm -hmm. And so we tell him, today you're going to be making... A birthday cake mm-hmm. and he then has to write down the ingredients that he's going to need mm-hmm. within a certain time period that he guesses right okay correct mm-hmm. and then we provide him with those things mm-hmm. and then he just has to wing it and put those things in a bowl or a pan and try to procure the final product that we requested
0: and you do it with him because he is super <laughs> incompetent with food right correct Okay.
1: Um, Can he appreciate a birthday cake? Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. It's not that he's like, I don't eat that. Oh, no. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, It's fully just to, like, watch a train wreck. Yeah. Um, And I should... We didn't just do this to, like, pick on him. Um, (laughs) We have a birthday tradition within our friend group of four where we make incredibly, increasingly elaborate birthday gifts for each other each year. Yes. Yes. and so among all other work and business in our lives, this is also a perpetual wheel that's spinning. Yes. In producing these. And so... You're always
0: um, thinking about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: It has... I'm afraid to how far this will escalate by the time we're in our 40s. Yeah, where, what is it like? What's the top? I mean, top? it started with um, an album that was gifted to me, a spoken word... <laughs> album that's very seriously presented but was meant to be humorous. That that one of your friends recorded. The three of them, Chris, our friend Caleb, and then our friend Weston, who's been my friend since 13 years old. Hmm. Um, And so they gifted that to me. Mm -hmm. And so then for the next person's birthday, we plotted, okay, what are we going to get them? Mm -hmm. And then it just turned into this annual Mm -hmm. thing. And so we've done like full length episode you know, parodies of TV shows for each other. It's we're wonderful. getting upwards of 20 people involved in these. Yes. They take months and we're sneaking around. Part of the gift is the group chat that the others have had away <laughs> from you. That's smart. And I mean, especially between Chris and I, that like the, he's waiting for me to leave the house because I said, oh, I've got to like leave at 12 to shoot a wedding. And yeah. so he's like, you know, sweating bullets as I'm like, kind of taking my time, like, oh, it's like I moved to twelve thirty. He's like, okay, knowing that this other operation has to happen yeah. as soon as I leave the house. Um,
0: I love it, so, but it does sound kind of stressful.
1: Sure, but the payoff is incredible. But what
0: about so the multicam? So
1: the cooking, cooking show was for a gift for our friend Weston, mm-hmm. and so Chris and I came up with this premise, filmed the entire thing. Mm-hmm got all of the ingredients. This took several days to film. Yes. Um, I would say probably 40 hours of work went into it, editing it, piecing it together. Um, <laughs> and so... And if I
0: remember correctly, watching it, he really didn't have a clue what to do.
1: Oh, no. Highly... This is public on YouTube, Cooking yeah. with Caleb.
0: Cooking with Caleb.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll give Jamie a link. Uh-huh. But um, the, by far the greatest disaster is a chicken noodle soup
0: that's the one I watched. I think
1: probably, but see,
0: you have the benefit of tasting the the end product.
1: It's no good. It's just
0: <laughs> it just sucks. Yeah.
1: Um. The best he did was French toast. Yeah. He left cinnamon out of it, but what can you do? But um, he knew
0: enough to like crack the eggs, right? And put the batter. Bread. The yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So that one turned out decently, but chicken How? noodle soup started with taking a full chicken. Putting it in the oven at three fifty for sixteen minutes. A
0: raw chicken, a not raw like chicken. A, yeah, okay.
1: Um, deciding that wasn't going to do. Putting it in a pot of water. That sounds so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Eventually you could get relenting, sick. cutting up different pieces of it, realizing it's still raw, putting it back in the water, taking it out, cutting off a little piece, putting it back. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I I will say that. That episode has documented the angriest I have ever been in my life.
0: You? Why?
1: Uh, Probably, like, what turned out to be, like, an hour and a half in real time into it is me asking him, you know, what are you doing? How much longer is this going to take? I'm watching my kitchen get destroyed. The chicken is not being cooked. Um, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Just absolute chaos. And so... um, yeah, highly recommend. But anyways, yeah. I was like, well, we're the producers of a cooking show now. <laughs> we're obviously contenders for this podcast. Um, and no. Um and, no. Then, and then grew a lemon in our backyard. I was like, well, we what own is, an orchard now. Was
0: that your try? It was. Actually, you said, I think uh, I yeah, qualify. Yeah.
1: yeah. You grew a lemon. I bet you were so proud of that Oh, lemon. absolutely. I
0: love it. The first time I got a chicken... Uh, I got an egg from a chicken. I've just never been so proud. It was as if I squeezed the egg out. Oh, right!
1: It's like my homestead. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can survive now on my own. Right? Yeah, on the fruit of the land.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm really doing it. And, um. And what else? Um. Well, here's the thing: is that around the time of the lemon is when Chris got to come on. I'm like, well, you cracked the code, basically, That's because right. you, I guess, you know, already yeah, did something really important. <laughs> um. And so then I think, yeah, it's just like... Yeah, I
0: didn't talk to him because of food, but it turns out he has quite a story about... Like, lots of... There was a lot going on in his background with food. Yeah. Yeah, which was really his amazing. His dad's a real food guy. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah. Okay, and you were on a turkey sub diet. How's that going?
1: Um, You know, not, not as steady at the moment. Yeah, did I will you get say, sick of them? You know, I will say that I started to get... More sick of them. Chris can really I he can just do anything to Yeah, he stuck with it. Yeah. Um, without, you know, we were both doing it, but I think I was more over it than he was. But Hmm. um in the last, I guess, two months maybe, um, him trying to get the last couple episodes out, and then just absolute chaos otherwise in our lives, that it's been less subway y. Um, Well, the nice thing about Subway, if you're doing that diet,
0: is you can take it anywhere with you because there's a Subway on every correct stinking corner. Absolutely, yeah.
1: And it really doing that is so convenient mm-hmm. because there's no thinking about what am I going to eat for dinner, what's for lunch. Yeah. It's just it's there. Yep. It always will be there.
0: You know, I'm I'm working a little program right now. Yeah, yeah, because I've gained some weight from a number of different, uh, for a number of different reasons and just don't like it. I just don't like, I generally am perhaps more accepting of my body than the next person because I've had to work at that a lot, but I just, I couldn't accept where that number had gotten to and Mm -hmm. Jake same for him. So we each had our own method for like just stabilizing our weight Mm -hmm. And mine is, well, his began. I hope, I think he'd be okay with me talking about this. His is hilarious. (laughs) He was 165 from the time he graduated high school until maybe a couple years ago. Okay. And then he discovered uh, he started eating according to a gluten allergy, not an allergy. He's celiac. And so he started eating gluten, not eating gluten. And that got pretty awful just in terms of lifestyle. And, yeah. and it didn't affect him. He couldn't tell the difference, honestly. It was just something that he'd been uh, diagnosed with. So he said, well, if I feel the same, whether I have the beer or not, I'm going to have the beer. Yeah. So, but the fact that his body was absorbing nutrients, oh, this is so boring. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, his remedy for losing weight was, I'm only going to eat between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m.
1: Oh, the S- fasting thing.
0: Well, yes, but he kind of made it up. You won't find anywhere that says, here's a prescribed fasting <laughs> schedule. Only eat from 5 to 8. He was sending me text messages that said, only 45 minutes till I get to eat. Only 25 minutes till I get to eat. <laughs> five minutes till I get to eat. And like the the melting face emoji. Yeah, mm-hmm. So- Anyway, that he did that for, I think, two or three weeks, and he lost a ton of weight. Wow. Then he opened it up to 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. So now he eats lunch and dinner, and there's nothing in between lunch and dinner, and that's been very stabilizing for him. So I kind of looked at that and thought, well, I think I'm going to try that. So now I only eat lunch and dinner. I don't eat in between other than Happy Meals.
1: Are you just having water?
0: Yeah. Oh, coffee. Coffee with, you know, just straight Mm -hmm. black coffee. Um, And my lunch every single day is one of those stupid bagged Trader Joe's salads. The whole thing dumped in a stainless steel bowl and eaten. So who's a food food person now? Like I'm dumping something out of a bag into a trough and eating it every day. (laughs) I am not... It's, I am a little bit sad about that because it doesn't, has nothing to do with flavor and enjoyment. Yeah. Which I'm sad about, but then I let myself eat whatever I want at dinner. Yeah. And that can be super fun. Yeah. So yes, I get what you mean about the like, you just don't have to think about it. Right. There's something kind of great about that.
1: Yeah. It occupies a lot of, because especially making a thing. Yep. All the steps, getting the thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I get that but it's sad it's sad I don't want to I hate thinking of food as fuel I don't like that yeah like, oh it's just something I have to do and I eat the minimum and it has to be optimized and like if that were true I'd just have soylent all the time and I'm... yeah there's a reason we don't do that right so anyway food is fun Food can be fun yeah, yeah. um what do you doing the rest of the
1: summer I don't know. I'm gonna finish. I will, this. yes, please. McNugget <laughs> away. Um, I truly don't know. I really like I went into the beginning of end of spring, beginning of summer, and I was like, this is gonna be our summer. Yeah. We're gonna have so much fun. Mm. Last summer you were gone for most of it Mm -hmm. um we're just gonna do all of the things and we've gotten some things in we got a great concert in we've gotten Mm. a couple trips in what concert was that uh the national oh yeah it was our fifth time seeing them oh my
0: gosh i saw them once
1: big fans yeah nice um went to um oh my gosh what's it called it's um it's in los angeles it's not The Hollywood Bowl, though, it's also... The Greek. Mm -hmm. Loved it. First Mm -hmm. time going there. Mm -hmm. Huge Mm -hmm. fan. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it has um, not gone as expected. No. Um, And so I'm trying to just let things, you know, go as they may. But Mm. um, Chris worked for so long trying to get this podcast wrapped up yeah. and pretty much every obstacle that could possibly get in the way managed yeah. to. Um, and then in the beginning of June, um, which is almost exactly a month ago, but really flew by, um, lost my brother. Yep. And that has also been a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. um, so, maybe this is just what I get for saying this is going to be the best summer ever.
0: No, that's not what you get. It just, um, it's just life. It starts
1: feeling that way after a while. Mm. Um, but yeah. yeah. So, trying to. Um, it's really weird because when you're like. It's really weird to navigate grief among a lot of good things happening too.
0: Yeah, tell me more about that.
1: Well, I think that... I think there's really an idea that everybody, society generally has of mourning and grief and sadness, where it's just like, oh, you're sad. Mm -hmm. And in reality, other than maybe an initial day or period of time, you're simultaneously running... All of that mm-hmm. among just regular mm-hmm. life things. And those are just two, it's like, you know, two TVs in Circuit City playing where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the things that you're doing normally, and then you've also got an enormous weight occupying your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's really weird. And it's honestly been really hard to not talk about or deal with or process, but the social aspect of it has been really hard for me. Um, I think mentally preparing myself for knowing I'm going into a situation where people are going to... I'm so sorry. What can I do? Like, you mean, like, when you showed up and I gave you a hug? Like that's, and that's very minimal. I think that there's... I think you mean, like, into
0: a, a group of
1: people kind of yeah, a situation? Yeah, or that, I guess, that people feel... Um, maybe obligated in a way to give you, like, I don't know, the space to talk about it mm, or to, mm-hmm. like, really acknowledge it. And, um, I feel like it's, it's like a, I don't really feel a lot of social anxiety normally, mm-hmm. but I think that mentally preparing for, like, I have to just, what do you say when someone says, I'm so sorry? Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, totally. It's just like you don't, because it's a totally, That's I've said that to so many people. Of course, yeah. Um, But what do you say? Mm. You don't say thank you. Mm -hmm. You don't, you know, it's just like, it's a really weird territory to be in. Um, And I don't share a lot of my actual personal private life online. Mm-hmm. I share bad movies that we watch and I share like the cup of coffee that I'm drinking and I share our dog, mm-hmm. but otherwise and work don't, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise don't really, um, share anything else. And it was really difficult to share, um, when my brother had died, but it had reached a point where I, I found out we drove up out of state, immediately Mm -hmm. and we're both just basically gone for a few days and people on both ends you know for us wondering professionally personally like Mm -hmm. plans being canceled and all this stuff and it just got to where it's like I think I need to say something because Mm -hmm. the idea of saying something as a blanket statement rather than individually texting x amount of people explaining Absolutely exhausting. And then replying to whatever they say back.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but then you also just open up, okay, now everyone knows this mm-hmm. thing about me. Um, yeah, it's
0: the two sides of, right. of living online. Is yeah. You have the benefit of being able to tell everyone, getting it, getting it out there, so you don't have to reply to all those things. Right. But then also they all know.
1: Exactly. Um, and it's also... A really weird... Already, it it makes me... I don't like it because writing a long thing, I feel like so many people use social media in that way that it's like a celebrity making a press statement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like, nobody... Mm. Um, but I also was conflicted because I didn't... I didn't want to just say... My brother passed away Mm -hmm. because it has a lot of implications and assumptions that are totally valid of, Mm -hmm. oh, he got sick Mm -hmm. or an accident happened and he killed himself. Mm -hmm. And it's a completely different thing. And it is a completely um, different thing. That's like a whole other, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a whole other feeling. And I've, I've had, another sibling pass away several years ago and she was sick and we mm-hmm. all kind of, um, mm-hmm. and I've had other family members pass away, but it, this is so different in so many ways mm-hmm. and so much to mentally process mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah. Does it bother you when I've always wondered this? I've never had anyone close to me die. Um, and I not, I haven't had a death where people would be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Where people would know I mean I've had grandparents die and anyway, um, but nothing socially the same way you're talking about. And I wonder I've heard people say, people who are bereaved, they like to talk about the person who died and kind of connect the dots, they don't like when people are like, I'm so sorry, but I don't want to talk. You know, there's yeah. a lot of fear f- about talking about the person. Where do you fall on that line?
1: Oh, yeah. I think that that's you. I think that, you know, we decided within hours, we're going to go be with, we're going to go be part of this process. We're going to be with your with parents, fami-
0: and, yeah.
1: Uh, we went with my... Um, oldest brother and his family Mm -hmm. met them in Oregon and we decided we're going to be there for his cremation. Mm -hmm. We're going to be part of this, even though it means dropping a lot of things and kind of an insane trip. And I'm so glad that we did because that's what we did is that it was, there was a lot of joy and a lot of good things that were in that trip. Um, among all of the absolute Mm. awfulness um, because, yeah, I think that that's absolutely how you heal in some way. Mm -hmm. And I also, you know, to a very few close friends, you know, that night text them and let them know, like, I still, you don't, don't stop texting funny things. Don't Mm -hmm. feel like you have to Mm tiptoe around me. I, I want to laugh. I want to please, like, this is going on, but... It's not like, oh, I don't want to smile right now or, or I don't want to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't want you to feel like, "Oh, I can't say a certain thing or mm-hmm. I can't do a certain thing." Um so, yeah, I but it is everybody feels so differently about everything. Yeah. And I'm already I am a very bottled up emotionally person that mm-hmm. just does not in that way. Doesn't get the same thing out of there are a lot of people I'm sure that want a certain kind of interaction. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. for me, it's just, I'm so removed of like, I don't even know where to begin with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, especially too. It's, um, it's complicated. I was adopted Mm -hmm. and my entire family is, you know, it's like an explanation to begin with. Yeah. And I think that I have residual feelings from being a young kid, and people totally kids who have no reason that they should, but always using the phrase, "Well, who are your real parents?" Oh my goodness! Yeah. And it's—it's. It's I how, mean, a young child a doesn't def- know any right. different, but and yeah, it's, it's a default that people don't even think about. No, but hearing that so much and the not being able to articulate something like that. And mm. so I just like, I just don't really talk about it. Yeah. And so then something like this happens, a whole other thing. So it's just like, oh, here's a backstory. And then here's also the terrible This thing. other backstory. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, um, but yeah, it's, um,
0: I don't know. Can I ask about your brother, what he liked to eat?
1: Uh, the last thing we ate with him in January was tacos. Yes, everybody. Uh, it's such my, a forgiving my, food. My oldest. So you had Vincent on the podcast, I did. And his dad is my oldest brother, Willie. Mm-hmm. And he actually, we were talking on the phone a few weeks ago, and he asked me. He asked me what Chris and I just eaten for dinner, and I said tacos, and he said, did you have tacos, or did you have tacos?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very
1: food-oriented. You should honestly, I implore you to have him on, because he will delight. Well, if he's
0: anybody <laughs> related to Vincent. <laughs> Vincent is the coolest.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we... Um, <laughs> actually, Vincent, when we were up in Oregon... Um, Made Chris and I dinner. A lot of people went off to the beach and he cooked us dinner. Oh, how lovely. And then put right... As Chris and I were going downstairs to bed were my brother's ashes and then right next to it, a hamburger and a beer next to him. Because that
0: was his thing.
1: Yeah, just to leave for him. So um, That's awesome. So, yeah, I think that... I think things like that, that's how you you feel hmm. <laughs> something positive
0: mm-hmm. um well i'm like remembering I, I, again i've never had this happen to me so i don't speak from experience and i'm not definitely not an expert but you look at all the different cultures where honoring the dead means thinking about what they love i love um day of the dead um in latin culture because it's about like what junk food did your ancestor like and let's put that out for them. Right, and yeah. and like thinking about the person, not about the death. Thinking about the subject, not the context. It's so wonderful, I think, yeah, to look at it that way. That's why I asked, like, what did he like to eat? What you know, what was his name? I can't remember. What's Daniel? His, Daniel. Yeah. That's
1: like yeah. important,
0: I think. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. It's um and I think that's hard too because yeah, you think about um what a what a dark last thing to be remembered for mm-hmm. and you almost have to mm-hmm convince people. It's like, this was someone who was hilarious. This mm-hmm. is someone who loved, loved, loved playing with his nieces and nephews mm-hmm. and being outside and, you know, was just, a you know, a teddy bear type of person mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy and it's, it's, it's really strange to have just ended, uh, not ended, but I guess reached some kind of natural you know, um, conclusion of, you know, the last five years Mm. focused on an entirely other, yeah, kind Mm -hmm. of grief and loss and, um, and then, you know, to experience one that's so, so similar and so different. Yes. Well, Um, and, and out of, out of nowhere, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the juxtaposition of someone who lost their life completely against their will and in mm-hmm. a you know horrible way that you know affects so many people, their own family, and then outwardly how many people you say that name then immediately know mm-hmm. who you're talking about, and what you're talking about, um, and then to experience someone doing it to themselves is who
0: everybody doesn't know
1: is absolutely Mm mind-boggling in a way
0: I can appreciate that for sure um your bread and butter is photography it is and I remember asking you at one time I mean I knew you as a wedding photographer and you do portraits and amazing beautiful stuff but I asked you one time how you feel about food photography and you love it and you have a bunch of accounts, like, I mean, you've done stuff for Edible, but you also do Granada downtown. Right, uh-huh, yep. Do you have a, a, any other ones that I don't know? Um,
1: I've done, there's sister oh, property Scout. at Skyview. I've also done Scout. Yeah. Um, I've done, man, I'm just blanking. There is, um. You've done so much work. I am spacing on her name. Your friend who does, is it Ethiopian food? Oh, you've been, Fabian. Yeah, I did her restaurant. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Yeah, I've done some all over the place. I think that I just don't really advertise myself. Well, you're just like
0: an, you do all of it. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: it's fun. I think I like the idea more of just like food. I love when there's just like a set table Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. some beautiful plates on it. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: well, yeah, because the food has its own; it has a trajectory. There's a drop off of beautifulness as time goes <laughs> by, and you can't judge right, yeah. with it, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you've been to how many weddings? Do you
1: think you've been to? Oh, hundreds.
0: That maybe even it has to have been a thousand, right? How long have you been doing it?
1: This is my eleventh year.
0: Yeah. Am I not re- thinking of that correctly? And how many do you do a year?
1: I mean, at this point, like thirty.
0: Yeah. Oh my. God. I
1: mean, it wasn't always that. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, hundreds. Th- yeah, hundreds.
0: Um, w- do you always get to taste the food?
1: Almost always, but there are many times where what I'm eating is not what. Guests are eating.
0: You have the... Um, I have the peasant food. The peasant <laughs> food, yes. Downton um. Abbey, downstairs. <laughs> um,
1: there, are, there are some incredible caterers that make the best food for the people working the wedding. Oh, that's good to know. Uh, field to table.
0: Yes, I love their Flora stuff.
1: Flora and fauna. Yep. Um, absolutely top notch. Um, yeah. But there's... I shoot a lot of weddings in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there will be you know these large historical venues and they have their mm-hmm. own catering and it very much is they're serving you know the 200 people out there and then i get the yeah. baked chicken that is for <laughs> the us. Caleb Weiss blood made <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> um, so i've had some wonderful wedding food mm-hmm. i love the cake yes. love a piece of cake so do i so do oh, i but um
0: what are some of the trends? and I did not anticipate asking you these oh, by yeah, the way, sure. but I'm curious. what yeah. are some of the trends you're probably the best person to ask as you've seen over the past eleven years? I mean cupcakes were a thing at one point mm-hmm. um. My favorite wedding dessert ever was my friend Brad and Nicole's wedding where they had, she's a cookie monster. And so they had the big glass apothecary jars, multiple, and every, <laughs> all of her friends had baked different cookies and they all went in these jars and little producers, cartons of milk, like Adorable. at school with little little straw. Um, yeah. But what about like in terms of dessert? Is it, is it usually cake?
1: It is all over the board. Yeah. I actually in March shot a wedding that had something similar to what you're talking about mm-hmm. where they had they had a proper wedding cake, but then also they had these beautiful stacks of cookies and they had um what is it? a, a crafts mm-hmm. of milk different kinds, Cute. pour a little glass and yeah. take beautiful. Um
0: that is beautiful.
1: A lot of cake, pie is very popular. Okay. Donuts, huge trend right now. Really? Really.
0: I don't mean to like scrunch my nose up at that, but like.
1: Really? Really. <laughs> it is um a large board with pegs.
0: Yes, I've seen that. And they now put, that you mm-hmm, yeah.
1: huge. Um that's maybe like the cupcake of today. Yeah,
0: the donut peg board.
1: Right. Cupcake's still still, you know, big thing. Um for a, For a few years there, there was like candy. They'd have a table of all the different candies. That seems like chaos to me. Yeah, and also- Too many options. So
0: much. It can look so cute, but um, yeah, it's just not my- Give me cake all day long. Yep. Mm -hmm. Stick with the cake. Our cake was, oh my gosh, this cat is so desperate (laughs) for affection right now. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Um, Our cake was a square fondant- Cheesecake, three-tier, with sugared grapes coming down. It's absolutely beautiful. Becky Garaci, friend of our family, amazing baker. Um, and the best... It wasn't just pretty. It is the best cheesecake I've ever had. And she gave us the recipe. And that recipe is so solid every time we make wow. it. It's really, really good. And it's like a classic New York style. So tall, really, like, really buttery crust and thick, dense.
1: Wow. There yeah. you go.
0: Yeah. I, you are not married, but if you could have a wedding cake, what would your cake be?
1: <sighs> That's hard. I love so many cakes. Come on. I know. I'll tell you this. It's not, I don't think, I think this is maybe a little bit of a divisive cake, so I don't know if it's a wedding cake appropriate, okay. but I have the same meal on my birthday every year. What is it? My dad makes tacos. Yes. And my mom makes me a lemon cake, a homemade cake that is lemon flavored with lemon curd in the, between the layers yeah. and then lemon buttercream frosting. It sounds amazing. It's wonderful. What's your mom's name? Sally.
0: Sally. Is she a good baker? I mean, of course. She's an incredible baker. Yeah. She sounds like a lemon yeah. cake. I made Corbin for his birthday. He's the lemon guy. I don't know if you know, he went as a lemon for Halloween one year. <laughs> I love it. He's just so into lemons. <laughs> Um, and we made him a lemon lime cake that okay. was not very good. Oh, that <laughs> was not very good. As you were talking about asking Caleb to make a birthday cake, it's like, how do you do that off the top of your head? Yeah. I can't even do it with a recipe.
1: Mm-mm. Well, you yeah. did better than he did. Um, yeah, I think I mean, I know for Chris's birthdays, we've done like German chocolate Drrr. cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything with we're coconut not, in it. I oh love. yeah, we're both coconut fans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. You all know what I don't so like? Cool. Yeah.
0: Angel food cake.
1: Angel food cake. Really? Sucks.
0: Yes, I hate it. Why? It's like got that. I'm not, and I also don't like meringue all that much. Okay. I don't like egg white kinds of. You yeah. know, both of those are heavy on yeah. egg whites. I do like a really pretty sponge cake, but when it gets into angel food, I don't know, there's like this cloying thing at the back of my tongue that I don't like Okay, I can see that. And it's sometimes kind of crusty on the outside. I don't know. Yeah. Like if you took the whole thing and you smashed it down, it could fill the size of like a marble. That's oh, okay.
1: I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, I definitely see what you're talking about. Did he, did Cora make his lemon costume? No.
0: Oh, his, no. <laughs> I had to Google... Lemon costume for at the time I think he was like seven years old.
1: Oh, okay, Chris and I went as a pineapple and an avocado one year, Very and cute. I paper mache. Oh, you're sick! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a chicken wire cage. Yeah, with little arm and leg holes, and
0: and it was super comfortable to wear.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh,
0: gosh. All right. Well, let me ask you the final question. If you were, I'm wondering if you're going to say your birthday meal
1: oh yeah the final meal yes is that I what it think is that's probably tacos what I and pick. lemon cake yeah that's adorable
0: but I don't mean to speak for you is oh no that's else?
1: definitely what I would have picked okay. Chris and macaroni and cheese which as soon as he said it I wanted it so badly I
0: know and the fact that he said he could eat like crazy <laughs> quantities of it oh yeah isn't that the truth though mac and cheese and like I don't know I feel like I can pound Chinese food I could yeah. just go on it right yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: There's uh, yeah, I think just something so comforting. It's yeah. warm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take a lot of effort to eat it. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of slide right down the gullet. Creamy. Not like like
0: wedging crab meat out of something.
1: Right. So yeah, it's a winner. Yeah. And I mean the tacos messy. I love mm. a crispy taco.
0: Oh, same. A gr- I want we it call to call them just... gringo tacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're so pff- good.
1: Fall apart immediately. Yep. But um do you who would be there? Who do you pick to be there? Is it like now or like yeah. when I'm a hundred? No,
0: it's today. Okay. Let's say you wake up tomorrow morning and I send you a message and I'm like, dang it, Allie, it's today. Turns <laughs> out it turns out this is your last chance.
1: Okay. Um and you're
0: not in pain or anything. Yeah.
1: Cool. Great. Yeah. Um it's a really, it's
0: an ideal situation.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, Chris, Basil, my parents, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that might be it. Yeah. I don't want a big crowd. True. Are they all going to be looking at me?
0: Yeah, they're going to be like sad for counting
1: you. down like New Year's Eve, yeah. like five, <laughs> four, three. Maybe.
0: So yeah, let's keep it small.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, Allie, it's so fun to be with you, and I'm so glad you brought me treats. Um, did you
1: eat every McNugget? I ate them all. Look. Wow, she did it without dip too. I did it without the ranch. But Do you not really? like ranch? No, it's not. <laughs> You're trying to nail me. No, no I just I, I love truly, ranch. I can't. Like I had one bite dry, and I'm like, oh, this is a little cardboardy. Oh, it's horrible. So I thought, maybe, but it is
0: nostalgic. Yeah. That's probably as much as I need for another 14 years, honestly. (laughs) And I can't do the soda. And the the
1: Dr. Pepper.
0: I know. I know. But yeah, it was fun. And I appreciate you giving me this experience.
1: I appreciate you letting me come on after. Trying to wriggle my way. Okay. See you later. See ya.
0: That wraps up another episode of the Consumed Podcast. If you like what you've heard here, please like and leave a review. It really does help. And if you want more information about any of the guests on Consumed, you can find a page of notes for each episode at letsgetconsumed.com. You'll also find a sign-up form for the Consumed newsletter and contact info for me in case you have comments, compliments, questions, or suggestions for people you think should be on the show. I'm Jamie Lewis. Thanks, as always, for listening.